everybody. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-host. I mean, you want me to keep going? Mr. Go down the list. So I'm telling you, right? Check, Good check, morning. check. How are you? Hello. Good. Good. I'm ready for this one because um, I've, I've got... Wait, you're not ready do... for the others? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ready for all of them. But for this one, it's very timely just because I've I've gotten a few new clients within the last three weeks on this topic. Well, there you go. And to talk yeah. today's topic is basically the knee and people come in, they come and see us and they're like, oh, my knee is killing me or I've had some knee mm -hmm. issues or I had a knee surgery not too long ago. And so we wanted to talk about why that possibly is and maybe ways to help work through some of well, I don't want to say work through discomfort or injury or pain, because that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to help prevent it. And if you have some of it, we're trying to help get rid of it for you. <laughs> right, right. Just yeah. because, I mean, yeah, the, the knee is something, it's it's a joint that um, a lot of time, I mean, we, a lot of us have had knee issues. And again, statistically, you know, this a uh, good chance, especially if you're of the younger set, that you've you've had some kind of knee issue or you're currently experiencing some kind of knee issue, especially if you're involved with sports, which is, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's like I've gotten two new clients within the last few weeks just because of this joint. But, you know, one of the biggest pieces, Wendy, I know we'll talk about this, is the fact that a lot of times it's not the knee's fault, right? So when we, when we look at the knee, it's just, you know, the, I don't want to say the dumb cousin to the to the joint above and below, but it kind of, it's at the, it's at the whim and whimsy of what's happening at the hip and the foot and ankle. So a lot of times we could be barking up the wrong tree, you know, which in the case of these last two new clients is because they're trying to do all that they can with the knee to help the knee and the knee, 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 right. But, you know, they done nothing to look at what's going on at the, at the hip and the foot and ankle. Well, yes. And I mean, there's been a bunch of research out there and I know that some, you know, some obviously with NASM that we, we talk about, but, you know, there was, there was actually two, there was one by Fulton et al. and Walden et al. So like in 2014, 2006, I mean, and there's a, like a significant amount of articles out there, but they're saying that knee injuries can cause a decrease in the neural control of the muscles that stabilize basically the joints of the knee. And unfortunately, non-contact injuries are often the result of ankle or hip dysfunction. So to your point, above and below, guys, we need to work on above and below. And if the ankle or the hip joint begins to function improperly, then this is going to result in altered movement patterns and weight distribution that's going to force more compression and um, just force on the knee that could easily be minimized if we work on proper range of motion of the ankle and and the hip and making sure that the muscles that we always talk about, the hip flexors are in good position and the glutes are firing and get those outer hip muscles to fire too. We can really look at people's alignment. I think we can make a significant difference um, because that stress and the impact, it's it's some scary stuff, especially when you think non-contact injuries. So there's a difference. Like if I'm walking and I hurt myself, that's a non-contact injury. Right. If you and I are playing football and you go into my knee, that's a contact injury. That's something that is unavoidable. The other stuff is avoidable. And um, and I think if we talk about alignment in ways that maybe you guys can can start to think about your own workouts, then there's going to be a good correlation of like, oh, maybe they've got a point there. This actually does feel better. <laughs> right, right. Maybe, and, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. And, and you know, you're, you're mentioning these these issues and, and it goes, you know, it goes from 
you know, what I hear, it's like, well, my knees bother me when I'm going down the stairs. And that's all I feel when I have, when I have these knee issues. I mean, all the way to the point of you have, you know, ACL injuries, which depending on who you're reading or what you're reading, anywhere between 100 and 200,000 um, uh, issues a year, right, that, that need medical, medical uh, intervention. So it, it, it spans the spectrum when it comes to the knee issues all the way, you know, like from surgery, post-surgery, and then all the way to, you know, it only hurts me or bothers me when I do a certain thing. So not saying that one needs more attention to the other. If, if, you're, if your knee's kind of barking at you, it's, it's, uh, it's your responsibility to, to try and listen. And hopefully by the end of this, this episode, you know, you have some things to keep in mind when it comes to, okay, well, how can I hold my fate in my own hands and control the destiny of what happens with my knee when it comes to alleviating some tension when they do happen or to help progress any kind of rehab or post rehab situation that you have going on. Again, scope of practice here as, as a, as a strength coach, personal trainer, uh, you know, doing anything regarding the, regarding rehab is again, can go beyond what I'm, skilled or licensed for but overall what we're trying to do here is just give you some tools and ideas and concepts that you might need to consider if you haven't looked at okay what's going on outside of the knee yes and to to your point those of you guys that are just joining us we're, t- we're at random fit i'm wendy batson here with ken miller we're talking about training through injuries specifically dealing with the knee and, you know, I think you make a, a good point. Obviously, you need to, you know, consult with your, your physician or, you know, um, your athletic trainer, whoever you're working with, if this is something that's reoccurring and, you know, you want to deal with your medical staff. However, if you come and see me or you come and see Ken or you go and you just want to work, look at yourself, first thing I would tell you to do is take off your shoes. If you don't have a trainer, do this at home. Take off your shoes and stand in front of a full length mirror and stand about shoulder to hip width apart with your feet straight. Lift your hands over your head and just do a few squats. And if you notice that your feet slightly turn out, even just a little bit, and you notice that your knees stay pointed forward, then think about if you over-exaggerated that. If your feet went out and your knees stayed forward and then you did a squat, think about all that compression and all that force that you're putting on that poor knee. And it's just not protected by using, you know, your quads and your glutes and everything else that is above the knee. You're putting all your body weight basically on that knee joint and it can really put a lot of um, pain on the medial or the inside of the knee. And it can put a lot of stress on your ACL, which are some of the tendons of the knee. And so that's one of the or ligaments of the knee. And so that's one thing that you want to think about is, OK, how are you standing? How do you move and think of it? I mean, the knee and we talked about this, Ken, too, because the knee isn't it's not a hinge joint, but it is a hinge joint. It, it, it moves in different directions, but it shouldn't significantly move like your shoulder, <laughs> you know, and so. Right. It's got to be able to move and, and have different forces and compressions from all different angles and all different planes of motion. However, you want it to really be seated correctly because if something is pulling it, let's say, you know, you've got really tight hip flexors in your TFL, which is like one of your upper hips that attaches to your IT band and the IT band goes below the knee and attaches to that. It's going to like, like mainly pull your knee up. And then if your calves are really tight, you're, it's going to be pulling it down. So this poor knee is getting kind of like a tug of war and there's a lot of stress and strain to it and you're not even doing anything. And now you add running, walking, compre- you know, climbing stairs, going downstairs. That's a lot of force that would cause that thing to get irritated. And so you really want to think of a corrective exercise strategy so that way you can get those muscles to play nicely and leave that poor joint alone. 
Yeah. And I mean, and you, and you're bringing up a really good point around, you know, you have hamstrings that are tight it band as it crosses the knee, the calf complex as it comes up and crosses the knee from the ankle up into the femoral condyles, right? Just to get a little anatomical here. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, smart. Femoral <laughs> condyles. So <laughs> those are those two notches or those two bumps you have in the back of the knee. But here's the thing. You know, if, you, if you think about the knee joint, right? What's a joint? And I'm not talking about certain things. But if we're talking about a joint in the body, what we're all talking about is bo bones where bones meet, right? So with the knee, it's, it's your femur. And then you have your tibia. And you have where those two bones meet. And a lot of times when you have these knee issues is that you've, you've actually affected the space between those two bones. You've actually affected the relationship because it's all about relationships, right? <laughs> the relationship between the two bones where ideally you want to have this ideal space, right? Which again, going back to relationships, sometimes you space need space. is good. You need, you need space. space. <laughs> you need space. So when you have these muscles that are tight coming from above and coming from the bottom, they're actually affecting that space, pulling those two bones closer together, which will affect, again, as you said, Wendy, when you walk, right? When you're walking, you have impact. And if you don't have that space, you're going to affect how those two bones interact with each other. Either they can be hitting each other a little bit harder than they're meant to, or they can be meeting each other from a different angle than what they're meant to. Again, you have cartilage, meniscus, and, and those other components of the knee. But if those, those other components of the knee start having different demands on them other than what they're built for, that's when you're going to have problems. So one of the things I, I try, well, one of the metaphors I bring up with my with my clients is like, you have to look at the knee as a relationship. And when you have tightness and overactivity and underactivity, because it is about balance, you're affecting that relationship. So all we're really trying to do is create a better relationship between the, the bone that's above and the bone that's below, which is the femur and the tibia. But overall, it's about the relationship between the hip and the foot and angle. So as you said, Wendy, when you're doing that overhead squat, you want to see that you have good relationship or ideal alignment between the foot, the toes, the knee, and the hips as you squat, because that's a reflection of the type of relationship that the knee has as a joint, but also as the hip and the ankle have to interact with each other, even though there's that little joint in between. So maybe I need to unpack some things here, but that's that's the way I like to look at how the knee works. <laughs> so those of you guys that are joining us on um, marital status and relationships here, um, we're also talking about the knee. Um, but yes, you need to have good relationships between it because mm -hmm. um, you know you'll hear people say, "Oh, it's bone on bone. I've lost cartilage in there," and that's just wear and tear over time. And overuse with bad posture and improper movement patterns. I mean, unfortunately, it's going to be a cycle that you're doing daily unless you really try to think of proper alignment and ways to decrease some of the the um, the outside forces that are that shouldn't be there. And so one of the primary things that you'll see when somebody has some discomfort in their knee is that their foot will slightly turn out 
And so one of the things that you can do about that, because I mean, we're telling you all this, but if you don't know what to do about it, then this is kind of a useless podcast is, you know, really <laughs> trying to think about it's rolling. <laughs> I know that's why we're yeah, going into, yeah, this is what yeah. you're going to have to do. This is what is, you're going to do. This, this is a way to help um, is, you know, spend some time using a foam roller or some kind of percussion device that we had talked about. So like a hypervolt, for example, and spend some time rolling the outside of that, that calf, the back of your leg. And what that will do is anytime you find a tender spot, you're going to sit, marinate it until that starts to feel better. That's kind of decreasing some of the, the um, overactivity that's placed in that particular um, muscle that's causing that foot to turn out. And think about, you know, if your foot's turning out, that's, that's shortening a lot of those little muscles and, and everything on the outside of the knee. And you want to try to get better length there because, you know, again, if the knee's coming in, the inside thigh is pulling it the other way. So again, think about, you know, Ken just talked about you want everything to properly line up. If you've got your calf kind of pulling it down and out and your, your adductors or your inside muscles because of weakness in your hip pulling it up and in, in the other direction, it's just holding on for dear life. And that's why we see so many things happening. And so um, just spend some time foam rolling that area and then stretching it. And the best way to stretch it, just take a step back like you're going to do kind of a lunge up against the wall, slightly turn your toe in. That will really focus on the outside of that calf complex. Hold it for 20 to 30 seconds. Do that a few times. You can slightly bend the knee to get your soleus, which is the other muscle in, like, like inside of that ball of your calf, which is your gastroc. And um, it can really, really help try to like on the lower limb help with that. And I, and I know, Ken, you were probably going to talk about the upper portion of that. <laughs> well, moving the, up. Yeah, moving up the chain. Now, again, you have the hips you want you want to look at, you know, as far as uh, the, the rotation that that is happening or not happening at the hip. So a lot of times, too, it's 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 having that immobility. Um so if you're talking about Wendy, I think you mentioned the adductor complex a little bit. And yeah. So. Yeah, so inside the inner thigh, um, laying prone uh, or on your stomach and you have your knee out to the side or your thigh out to the side where you're exposing your inner thigh, it's either a ball or a roller, a viper maybe, some, so if you can get some uh, vibration in there to help enhance uh, and amplify the recovery process or the, the relaxation that happens in there. So what you just described, Wendy, with, with, the, with the calf complex, you can do with the inner thigh complex. Because again, sitting down, again, you don't have to, I know the, the context in which we kind of introduced the episode was, was about athletes, but you don't have to be an athlete to have a knee issue. A lot of times the knee issue is just because you haven't been doing anything, you haven't strengthened the right muscles, and a lot of the muscles um, complementing that are, are, are shortened and, and overactive. So like the inner thigh, the adductor complex, that as an example, need to get addressed. So um, I'll, I'll tell you, Wendy, you know, just with the foam rolling as well as the stretching, a lot of times when I've had clients that come to me because they have um, issues with the knee and that's, again, that's where the, that's the squeaky wheel, um, with flexibility alone, just working on flexibility, getting the muscles to kind of calm down through self-myofascial technique, and then doing a simple stretch. As you said, Wendy, there's been many a times where it's just foam roll the calf, foam roll the inner thigh, standing calf stretch, standing adductor stretch. And I mean, not saying it's the miracle cure for everybody, but there's been a lot of cases where you've had a significant decrease in tension and 
you know, or even just a a ten the the discomfort goes away altogether in some cases. That you know, it's it's all because we're just too tight and we don't move. We're overactive and we just have that immobility. But once you give the foot and ankle a chance to move, once you give the hips a little bit of a chance to move, that's going to change how the the knee is going to move mechanically. And a lot of times, and not saying this is going to be it for everybody, but at least short term. Um, effects of incorporating a, a solid flexibility and assessed uh, flexibility routine is enough to take a good amount of stress off of the knee. Once you give the hips a chance to do what they want to do or need to do, and you give the foot and ankle a chance what they that they want and need to do, then that takes a whole lot of stress off of the, the knee itself. So a lot of times flexibility is going to be the key, but because we are talking about training through injury with the knee, a lot of people think, okay, oh, the, I feel so good. I'm just going to do what I'm, what I've been doing. Well, guess what? That's probably what got you into trouble to begin with. So we need to address flexibility and don't just go back to squatting, deadlifting, and all the heavy other stuff. But there is a strengthening component that does have to, you know, kind of solidify and give the hips and the foot and ankle the integrity they need to do all the heavy stuff that you need. Yep. And that's, I mean, to your point, you know, we can, we can loosen things up, but if, if we don't strengthen it and the importance of this guys is think about this An overactive muscle is going to pull a joint out of whack and then the weak muscles allow it. So if we actually try to get more length back into those muscles that were really tight, that were kind of pulling it, you know, more into whatever position it wanted to be in. If we don't strengthen the, the other side or strengthen the, the muscles that are going to help with that newfound length, then it's going to go right back to what Ken was saying. So, you know, okay, so we told you to you know, think about rolling and stretching your calves, your adductors, even your TFL. And your TFL is basically the change pockets. So if you've got front pockets, you know, that little bitty pocket there, you put those little, I don't even know why, but we, I guess we just call it change pockets. But, um, you know, just take your roller, spend some time on that because that TFL is what blends into your IT band. And because of where that IT band, you know, it starts on the bottom part of the, the outside knee, that muscle can attribute to a lot of some of the discomfort as well. And, you know, when you hear people talk about runner's knee or they've got something um, like IT band syndrome, you know, just by alleviating those three areas with rolling and stretching, that's step one. But now you want to strengthen the outer hip. So I always talk about the lateral tube walks. You guys are going to hear me say that forever. Sideline leg lifts. So the Jane Fonda lifts that, you know, back in the day, those are those are really crucial. And then doing like bridges and things to really get the, the glutes to activate as well as opening up the hips. So, you know, big one for the bridges if, if with your stretching. Those are just some of the strengthening things that you can do. But, you know, a lot of these things, because of like, like we have said, if you don't really focus on the two main joints that are causing some of this stress and compression to the knee, then you can work on the knee all day. But, but like, it, it really has no mind of its own. It's being dictated by the ankle and the hip. And so even though, you know, people are like, oh, I dress the ankle, it could be coming from the hip. Or if you dress the hip, it could be coming from the ankle. You want to really make sure that you address both because then you're going to have such a better outcome long term. And I mean, we're, we can go through some of these stats that I've seen on, on, you know, especially in adolescence, we always talk about everything happening in the senior population. And in yep. this case, it's not the case. Yeah. And, you know, when, you, when we talk about adolescence, one of the things that comes to mind, although by the time I met Robert, he was already, I think he was 67 years old, but what I can't help but think about him as a, you know, 
at the time that I knew him, he was, he was 67 years old. And, uh, he told me that he had a knee issue since he was 18. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Cause what initiated the conversation was, you know, I noticed, Hey, and, and I know you got a little bit of a limp there, buddy. What's going on? Is there anything I can help you? It's like, no, it's, it's something I've, li- I've lived with for a while. And it turns out as a 67 year old, he's had this issue since he was 18. He just learned to live with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which kind of, which broke my heart. And this was early on in my personal training career. I haven't really gone through corrective exercise or yeah, as my background or even learn the, the, uh, the training model that we, that we use today, but it just broke my heart. And the fact that, okay, here's a guy that's lived, you know, 40 plus years, right. It, with pain. And he just kind of worked his way around it. And of course, diving deeper into, into that conversation, he's also expressed low back issues and, you know, that, that's haunted him on and off. And I, and I think about today's, you know, kids today uh today's youth that if you know i mean you and i are talking about it just kind of rolls off of our tongue we've seen it and we've helped you know hundreds of people at least but if you think about guys like robert i think about and i reflect on on guys like robert who are in their later years that have just learned to live with it and to know that there are these these steps that you can take to help i mean if if he felt 50 percent if he felt 10 percent better that would be an improvement. So for him, it'd be, you know, walking down the stairs, definitely something that he, he just did not look forward to um, why he got a two-story house. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, going downstairs is something that he did not want to do. Right. But mm-hmm. so once he was downstairs, he was at a point where, you know, I'm just going to stay down here for a while to where he started putting, you know, his clothes, his laundry, you know, so things he needed to change into were downstairs and he'd only go up for, for, for bed. Right. So as, as you go through the years and if you go through time and you're just learning to live with it, you know, it's only going to get worse. Right. So with small steps, like we're talking about already, you have to relax the muscle, get the muscle to relax with your foam rolling, lengthen it. Right. Again, more relaxation through the, through the stretching and then, you know, you need to solidify and retrain the nervous system, right, with, you know, with some strengthening to help, like I said earlier, with the integrity and stability of the knee so that once you have that range of motion, we can now keep that range of motion better because we've added a little bit of a, of a reinforcement with stronger hips or a stronger foot and ankle to help with keeping that range of motion because one of the things you and i both know wendy is the fact that with stretching and flexibility if you don't do anything to strengthen around the joint as well you have what we would call naive range of motion meaning you have all this flexibility and range of motion your brain doesn't know what to do with it so if your brain doesn't feel safe moving in all these planes of motion or with this new range of motion it's going to take it back because it's like, I can give you that, but I don't trust you with it. And by that, I mean, I can give you all that range of motion, but I can't trust you with it. So I'm just going to go ahead and tighten things up again. That's why the strengthening, all the glute work that you mentioned, the bridges, the tube walking are so important. And I think that's one of those pieces that goes missing because they feel so good after stretching and foam rolling that they go, Hey, forget everything else right? Forget everything else. I'm just going to go do what I'm doing because I feel so good. Yep. 
Yep. And those of you guys that are just joining us, we're talking about training through injuries, specifically with the knee. Um, I'm Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller. And I mean, Ken, you made some great points. And that's why I know um, with us, you know, being being trainers and, and manual therapists and stuff, I mean, we're super, super passionate when somebody comes and says they have got, you know, I've got this discomfort or irritation or this injury that I've been, you know, dealing with, you know, and again, with clearance and we're and they're free to work out. I mean, obviously we need to make sure that they're, they're okay to work out with you, but there are so many things that we can do. And so, you know, we've talked about what you can roll and stretch and we talked about some strengthening, but one thing to think about too, and especially for me and Ken as parents, guys, if you look at the research, one thing that I found really, um, you know, it, it's one of these, we, we talked about 100 to 200,000 ACL injuries annually. These are something mm -hmm. that's highly reported. But if you look at like over 10 years of research, knee injuries in the United States alone presented to the emergency departments re-revealed that those from 15 to 24 years of age had the highest injury rate. And these knee injuries were reported to account for 60% of high school sports related surgeries. And female athletes were reported to be four to six times more likely to sustain a major in knee injury. And so when you think about that, me being a female, I mean, I have a son. So, I mean, I definitely want to make sure that he's, tr he's tracking well and that he's moving well. And I'm probably like crazy because I'm like, oh, my goodness, his foot's turning out. And I'm like, he's five. He's five. Like, let him be. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you want to start looking at this because 15 to 24 years, I mean, it brings up to your client who he's had that since he was 18. And we really want to start to think about our youth and ways that we can protect it. So if you are a mom or a dad and you're listening to this, which we hope you are, you know, start thinking about, you know, ways to really try to help your kids um, from being a, one of these statistics. Because if you notice that their feet turn out a lot, you notice that their hips are weak or they've got a big arch in their back from sitting at school, there are things that you can do. And that's when you want to reach out to a trainer or reach out to, you know, maybe more of our podcast because we've given you a ton of different things to do with some of this stuff. Um, but you want to try to start, start your kids on some of these foam rolling and stretching um, techniques as well as strengthening. You can do it at home. Doesn't take a lot of money, and um, it's something they can do every single day. Research says every single day. It's only going to help realign the body. So just, just you know, kind of be smart in your choices. Try to think if you notice that this is going on with your kids or yourself. Try to avoid jumping and stuff until you start working on proper alignment mechanics. Because if you're not careful, you you can easily, you know, unfortunately, you know, tear your ACL, which is so commonly done. Um, and that can happen when you turn and grab your keys. If you're not used to training that way and you've got some weak muscles, as soon as you start doing some movement and turning, you can easily, unfortunately, that knee can say I've had it. Um, when, you know, if you start to look at this stuff early on, you could avoid that. Yeah. So, and again, and you, you actually really hit close to home there because, you know, what we just, uh, my kids just finished cross country and, oh, Oh man. Yeah. I mean, and that's all the way from kindergarten to, to eighth grade and watching these kids run around. I'm like, eh, you know, you, you can only help so many people, but you know, the, the first, I mean, first and foremost, I didn't hear one complaint of any knee issues and things like this, but you know, if it's one of those things where if, if you don't, you know, there's a couple of dads, you know, I've talked to about, you know, how their kids are running and things like that. And, no pain. Great. Let's keep it that way. And here's some things that we can do to offset that. So like you said, Wendy, it's like there, there are some habits that we can start to get into earlier on. Like no problem with, you know, you get the kids dressed, ready for school. Hey, let's do some, let's do, you know, 10 floor bridges and 10 single leg RDLs. And all right, you know, 
go ahead, go, go to school. Right. Uh, there's things that you can do, but with, with this cross country team, I mean, you see kids running of all different styles and techniques, but you know, there were a handful in there that in there that were very, you know, it's like, you know, I gotta, you know, we gotta keep an eye on this, on this, on this one person, just because, you know, that neat, you know, you think they're running two miles, you're talking to, or, you know, half a mile for one age group, another mile for another age group. That's every step they take is that knee is kind of diving in, diving in, diving in. So if they're in trying to increase the speed or they're trying to increase the distance, that's more volume on a bad motor pattern. So that's so where, yeah, go what, ahead. What you're saying is every step you take, every move you make, you'll be watching yeah, them. I'll be watching you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the police. Uh, <laughs> so uh, from that standpoint, I had cue the music, Eric. Uh, <laughs> so from that from that vantage point, if you're healthy, you feel good, feel you know feel better, stay healthy, and incorporate some of these strategies because no reason why what we're talking about has to be just taken in the context of pain and discomfort. If you feel good, keep doing what you're doing, but add these things in there and move even better. Preventive. Be, a pro be proactive and help yourself prevent preventative. Is that the uh, word? Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Just, just do it. <laughs> just do it. All right. So it's, it, you know, having knee problems is, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not a death sentence and that you can't do anything, right? It's just, hey, there are some things that you can do if it's lingering and ongoing and very intense, go see somebody about it. But once you get clearance, Clarence, Come back, foam roll, stretch. Do you have to let it linger? And you, you, you know, <laughs> your cranberries. I love it. <laughs> you didn't think I'd get that, did you? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, with that, um, today was fun. And and to your yeah. point, there are things that you can do. Hopefully, this will be helpful for you. And try some of these strategies. Awesome, Wendy. Thanks so much. I'm always pulling out some good nuggets from you. And you said a couple things. A couple things here and there that I really took from beginning to end, chock full of information. So everybody, thank you so much for listening to us here on Random Fit on this episode of Training Through Injury with the Knee. If you uh, like what, we, what we're doing, come back for more. Like, follow, subscribe, comment, let us know what you want to listen to. And until next time, take care and be well. <laughs>